Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friend, my partner in radio, Barnabas Piper. Pipe, it's just you and me this morning. No Ronald. Um, always very coy and mysterious about his busy week. Um, I have, I have a, I have a, a behind the scenes oh. look at what what may have derailed him Dude. this week. Aside from you know just being a busy man of the yeah, cloth. go man. What do you got? They had a visit from best friends. Oh well, I mean, so if that Jared C is in town, Ronnie. The, the schedule gets clear. Yeah, Ronnie didn't say Ronnie didn't say anything about this, but uh, Jared C and his wife were posting because they were moving their daughter to college, and so they had to drive from the middle of America to the eastern side of America. Uh-huh. I'm not giving away any details of where yeah, yeah. they live. Yeah, uh, that would be uncouth. Exactly. Um, and they they passed through. I didn't know anything went through. Ash, I've, I've been to Asheville, Asheville and I Ashtown. can I can tell you that nothing goes through it. It was like an hour of pig trails out of the way to get there. So they must be really good friends in a U in a U-Haul truck, no less. So, uh, yeah. So there was a, there was a best friend visit in recent days. I don't know. I think, I think that may have been just a quick stopover, but it probably pushed his, his, you know, whiteboarding, scheming, dreaming, tea drinking meetings to a different day. Exactly. And, and maybe he did some of that with Jared, which I, I gather, I, I heard Intel too, that like, him working Jared for the better part of a decade is like finally starting to pay off. I heard I heard the boys got some books lined up and like all his all his oh. big dreams are coming true. So um yeah, they've they've no doubt got a lot to talk about. I mean, I'm I'm only moving my kid to college this morning, so that's not as that's not as important as grabbing coffee and gazing into the eyes of Jared C. Wilson. So uh best of luck to them as no, they but it- do that with each other. But it's probably more interesting to, to talk about than grabbing coffee and gazing into the eyes of Jared C. Wilson. So we should talk about moving your kid to college. We should, that dude. Let's totally worthwhile. talk about it. But before we get into that, let's talk about Dwell Bible Pipe, who hopefully we will never have to move anywhere because we'll be with them forever. Tell us yeah. about Dwell. Yeah. Well, we already did the gazing into the eyes and everything, and all the <laughs> deals are made, and, and the friendship exactly. is established. Dwell is our longstanding partner on this podcast. They are an audio Bible app. If you go to dwellapp.io slash happyrent, you can see uh, what they offer in terms of the app itself, as well as their special discounts for our listeners. Um, if you are looking for a way to take scripture and get it into your life in a more consistent manner, Dwell is a great way to do it. And it's probably the best audio Bible experience I'm aware of. There are there are individual audio Bibles that are really well done, but this allows you to engage scripture in a variety of different ways via listening plans. So if you want to go through it in a year or a specific time frame, or if you're just looking for a specific focus, whether it's promises or prophecies of Christ's um, coming or the benedictions of Paul or whatever it is, they have all these different options. They have features to help you study, to memorize. They even have a sleep feature so that you can uh, you can listen to it as you fall asleep. You could play it for your kids as they fall asleep, you know, put on put on psalms or something like that so that they, they're, they're kind of being encouraged as they go to sleep. There's all of this stuff built in and they continue to develop this. So again, go to dwellapp.io slash happyrant. They're offering a 33% discount off their lifetime subscription. So it's about a $50 savings or a 10% discount off their annual subscription, which is already a pretty a pretty good deal. So uh, you can also give it as a gift. So you can buy this for somebody else. You can buy it for yourself. Uh, great deal. 
We both use it, really enjoy it. Encourage you guys to check it out. I love it. This is half serious and half a bit, but I wish they had an I'm moving my kid into college this morning playlist. I would I would be listening to those verses. Um, so dwell, uh, if you're yeah, listening, let's, <laughs> go ahead and make that yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah. They, I bet they would call it like the major life transitions playlist, yeah. you know? So, and, you know, whether it's movie first kid going to college, first kid, I was talking to a friend yesterday. They sent their first kid to kindergarten, which is, oh yeah, that's big. Which, I mean, I remember that it feels, a, it feels a little bit like sending your first kid to college. I would imagine there's it just actually sort of a, does. A, significant yeah. letting go aspect yep um yep and yeah i think i think the the letting go the letting go of children playlist would be a big one gosh dude that would be huge maybe i can even like develop that in conjunction with dwell but uh, dwell executives will talk needless to say um i think this is an idea that has legs so yeah pipe um moving the kid to college this morning uh didn't sleep a whole lot last night and and keep in mind in true uh Annie F. Downs podcast, Enneagram 4 fashion. The kid is moving like 12 minutes away to the college where I teach. So all of this emotion is is largely, I don't know, I don't want to say manufactured, but uh, I'm still feeling it, man. I'm still feeling all the, uh, all the things that one would feel when moving a kid to college. What, uh, what are the primary feelings? Is it like pride? Is it nostalgia? Is it fear? What are the yeah. things that are... What are the things that are hitting you hardest? It's definitely not fear. Like by God's grace, you know, his his heart is regenerate. Um, he's an eight on the Enneagram, so he really he has a strong sense of who he is. Um, so I'm I'm proud of him. Like I'm really proud of who the Lord has made him to be by this point. But like, I think it's just the way you would feel if like a buddy was moving out of town. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm yeah. not losing. Losing is the wrong word because I'll see him a whole bunch. But like the nature of a friendship that I've really grown to appreciate is changing. Um, and we've we're we're close. We do a lot of stuff together. We spend a lot of time together. I mean, this is a great like I'm excited about the development for him. I'm super thankful for my college's faculty tuition discount you know that's a huge a huge deal and i'm i'm glad he chose to go <laughs> not there. a little thing yeah i didn't yeah. i didn't pressure him at all in fact we kind of like begged him to take other college visits just to see what was out there but but he was like no nah, i want to go to i want to go to union so and i'm i'm i couldn't be more thankful with that but uh i think it's just more than anything the sense of time is marching forward and i think being a nostalgic person by nature I always want to, I want to stop the forward march, you know? Um, but yeah. I, I wouldn't have wanted him to be a kid forever because the little kid years were hard, man. Like those, those years were a grind. <laughs> yes. Um, and I, yeah. and I enjoy kind of teenage him so much more just because, you know, we relate so much better together. So, uh, it's a lot, man. It's a lot of emotions and, um, helping my wife kind of work through it. So she's she's a seven wing eight, but I, I think the seven and the eight are really close. So I think she has trouble just kind of being sad um, and the sadness manifests as other things. So I've had to like triage everything that she's been saying for the last like 48 hours and gently remind her that it's okay. It's okay to just be sad. You know, um, this doesn't have to sad, manifest. Sad doesn't come easy. Yeah. Yeah. Sad doesn't come easy for, for all of us, you know, yeah. like you, yeah. 
sad, sad doesn't go away easy for you. Sad yeah. doesn't arrive easy for some of us. Like it sort yeah. of sneaks up and bushwhacks us with a two by four like a week later. That's so, interesting, man. You know. Yeah. So let me let me ask you don't, a follow up on that. Don't like, don't be surprised if don't be surprised if if KK like calls you sobbing a week from now <laughs> on like a Tuesday morning yeah. when it's just like everything was fine and then all of a sudden it just like hits like a Mack truck that this change has has landed. Dude, it's so it's so funny that you say that because that scenario is so incredibly on brand for her. Um and that that's exactly how it'll go down, man. For sure. Let me so let me ask you this. You're a you're an eight. So apologies that yep. this is turning into a Annie F. Downs mom podcast. <laughs> but uh, uh with with neither Annie F. Downs or moms on exactly. the podcast. We're doing our best imitation. A podcast by moms for moms. Um why is it so hard? Why is it so hard for you guys to just feel kind of sadness in the moment that kind of would call for it? Uh, so I don't, I can't speak for like a, a full on seven. Yeah. I know that the generally speaking seven sort of do anything to avoid discomfort. Sure. I feel like as an eight, I don't, yeah. I'm not uncomfortable with it. I just, it just doesn't hit yeah. until it does. Yeah. Like yeah. you sort of like, wade in the waters of <laughs> yeah. whatever feelings yeah. you know yeah. emo, you know what and especially if it's if it leans sort of sad morose yeah. you know that kind of thing i don't mm-hmm. um but like i said it's just one of those things that i'm like over the years i've come to realize i don't i can't make myself feel sad i can sit there and stare sadness in the face yeah. and acknowledge that's a sad thing yeah. and it i will not feel it until it it Till it happens, yeah. you know, it just kind of sneaks up on me. I feel like for a seven, it might be a little bit different because it's more like they're trying to outrun yeah. it and then they can't. Yeah. And uh, I don't think that's the case for for me. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm anticipating my daughter, Grace, is is a sophomore in high school. So we we have about three more years mm-hmm. till she, Lord willing, moves out. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, trying to anticipate. And I think I think in the moment, I will be mostly excited for yeah. her. yeah. For sure. You know, this is this is the thing we've been working towards, That's like right. trying to build you up into the kind of woman who like is ready to go, ready to be independent, ready to make your own decisions, take on the world, take this huge step. And then at some point thereafter, there's going to be like, oh, there's the gaping void where Grace used to exist in our home yeah. and whatever. So yeah. I, I think I think it'll it'll it will hit, but it'll hit later for me. Mm-hmm. So it's for me, it's not a like. I'm afraid of sadness as much as it is. It just comes when it comes. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a, that's a good word. And it's, it's true of KK as well. And, um, it, it does make you wonder and it, be- it begs the question and we've got more lighthearted topics that we'll get to. I wish we had an hour this morning, but, uh, <laughs> for listeners who are like, what is this early in the morning? This <laughs> exactly. I do wonder, like, is there a response that's like more or less Christian? And I say that because. Thinking through the extremes of my response over the last couple of days and the extremes kind of of her response, like at their worst, neither neither one has been especially uh, faithful. You know what I mean? And and at times both have been incredibly faithful. And um, yeah, I just wonder. It, it's hard to it's hard to get it right. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I, I don't know if there's a question well, there as much as just a statement. I think. I think it's probably just an indication of how I think it what we should probably recognize is that the reason a reason that you know that God designed us to be a body yeah. like a collective body is because each of us is only is pretty fragmented yeah. in our capacity to 
to recognize and feel who he is as well as express who he is. So you are expressing a thing that that KK can't and vice versa. Sure. And because we're sinners, we also express things badly, yeah. you know, in ways that unique from one another. Yeah. But like I I struggle to understand what to do with somebody who just sort of wallows in emotion. Yeah. Yeah. But also I look at it and I go, well, God made them that way. Yeah. God made you that way. Yeah. So there's there's something there yeah. that is that's that's deeper and different than where I'm at. But also you probably need the ballast of someone like me who's like yeah. It's okay. We're going to get through this. Dude, 100%. There's also a lot of good things about this, et cetera. Well, and I think it's it speaks to like why I get along so well with both KK and Tris and you. Like I I celebrate how they are different than me, you know, and I and I do admire it. You know, I admire how kind of deftly they can move through emotion at times when it seems like it's so uh burdensome on me, but but you know, the flip side of that is most of the burden of having emotional range in this family like falls on me. You know, whenever whenever a moment calls for appropriate emotion, it's usually like yeah. me giving it. And uh I don't know, which is which is both cool and sometimes a burden. But um yeah, fascinating stuff, Pipe. Speaking of I, go ahead. One one quick thought. Yeah. You asked like is there a more sort of a more godly response yeah. or more Christian response? I think as long as you have a foot firmly in the camp of gratitude mm-hmm. or firmly in the area of gratitude and another one firmly in the area of trust, yeah. you're probably okay. Yeah. So whether that's kind of however the emotional expression comes out. So if you're you know, you're really grateful for the years you've had with yeah. him at home and you're grateful for this opportunity yeah. and all the things you expressed at the beginning. Yeah. And then there's just trust that like, hey, we we had our time. Yeah. God, God did what he was going to do through totally. us. And now now God, you know, God's not like God's not sending him away. Yeah. God's going with him. That's so right. that I think I feel like those two things probably can can be a banner over whatever the the, the emotional burden well, absolutely. is. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And 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 with that too, the reminder that you know it's not like I stopped having a relationship with my dad when I moved to college. Like I'm still super close to my right. dad. We talk all the time. It probably it probably got better in it some did. ways because all of a sudden yeah. you were calling, being like, "Hey, dad, there's a thing I've never thought about. Uh, I need your advice." And he was like, "Oh, now you need my advice." Yeah, exactly. And and the the relationship changed from he no longer had to like badger me to cut the grass. You know, we could kind of talk like men about you know whatever was going on in my life, and uh, right. It ended up being really joyful. Speaking pipe of fathers and sons and also cutting the grass, oddly, um, <laughs> you made a startling revelation off the air in our in our pre-show production meeting, and it's that you hate the sports movie Field of Dreams. Uh, this came up yeah. because the Yankee – is it the Yankees? It's, some, it's somebody that I hate. It's the Yankees. Yeah, it's the Yankees, and I think the, the White Sox, is it the Red Sox, or the White Sox. I think Sox? it's the White Sox. I think it's the White Sox. Yeah, they're yeah, they're that would make sense. They're playing a game on TV in the Field of Dreams field in Iowa, and um, I am a longtime uh, friend of the movie Field of Dreams. I uh, I love the movie. I love it as a sports movie. I love it as a dad movie. Um, I love it as a Costner piece. Um, to me, it works on all those levels. You just revealed that you hated it, and uh, let's start there. Let's start with why. Yeah, I so I have some. So I don't think it's because it's a bad movie. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's because a I didn't watch it until I was like thirty. Yeah, and so I missed the 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 
the kind of magic of the nostalgia. I fell in between two things, yeah. the magic of the baseball, a kid thing yeah. where you're like, this is magic. Yeah. This is just amazing. And then the father, like, I want to do this with my kids sure. because my kids were too little at that point, And it was just kind of like, they, there wasn't any of that there. Yeah. And, uh, and I was too old. I also, Kevin Costner's real hit or miss for yeah. me. Yeah. So Same. I do think that's probably the right movie. Yeah. Also, I will never get over the phrase "have a catch." Yeah, like I just want to punch the scriptwriter. Yeah, nobody says that. that. It's not a phrase. I don't think it was a phrase in 1940. Yeah. I don't think it's ever been a phrase. You you play, play catch, catch, throw the ball. You don't have a yeah, catch. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm with you on that 100, percent man. And that and that to me, that's really my only critique of the movie. You know, ha, the the phrase "have a catch" is a is a tough one for me as well. Um, I also felt a little bit, and again, I think this is more like this movie is aimed at a certain kind of viewer. Sure. Um, it it felt a little, Im- like, I think it's intentionally trying to be kind of, it's trying to be nostalgic and emotionally manipulative yeah. as opposed to kind of yeah. offering that in a, in a more like subtle, you can feel this way, but it's not like, yeah. like when I watched Friday Night Lights, the oh, movie, not the TV so show, good. although the TV show was fun. Yeah. That's nostalgic for me because, like, I feel what those characters sure. are feeling and things like that. This felt more like a ham-handed, like, look, here comes the hazy guy out of the corn because if you build it, they will come. And I'm like, eh, whatever. Do two two quick reactions to that. One, my wife has exactly the same response to it. She hates with a white-hot rage anything that, like, makes her feel emotionally manipulated. And she feels like that movie, that movie for her is the equivalent of like a movie where a dog dies for me, where I see it coming. I hate it. I resent them for doing it. Like that's the response that she has to feel the dreams, which is fascinating that you also have that response. And then the second quick comment, can we talk a minute about how tough it is to be 30? I think 30 is a hard age (laughs) because you still have whatever vestiges of like, a wholeness are still there from being in your twenties. Like you're still full of yourself. You're still kind of full of vim and vigor, but you're also really busy in, in a lot of cases, like raising young kids, getting your career off the ground. Like there are things that happened in that, in pop culture, like in that window of me being 30 that I just totally missed. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Tough age. You're not cool enough to like, you're not cool enough, nor do you have enough time to keep up with what's cool. That's so right. new music, yeah. new movies, like a lot of the comedies that, that kind of hold up well came out between my late twenties and early thirties. Yep. So like a lot of the, uh, what's the like guy's the, the car racing one with, yeah. yeah, like the ballad of Ricky Bobby, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like I just didn't see yeah. it yeah. because I was like, I've got, I've got young kids yep. I don't have time, et cetera. And so all of that kind of stuff you just miss. Whereas like at 25, I would have seen that six times in the theater. Exactly. And yeah, yeah, I think – and you have to make the decision. And I think it really is a decision at somewhere around 30 of like, am I just – am I full on going to take like embrace adulthood? Yeah. Or am I going to keep a foot in kind of pseudo adolescence? Yeah. And once you embrace adulthood, it's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. But also like you just leave a bunch of stuff behind. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a that's a great word and it's fascinating how that happens and I think I think I have trouble with people that don't fully embrace adulthood. 
Although... Oh, they frustrate the fire out Yes. Of Although one could easily look at my life and go, he hasn't fully embraced adulthood. So maybe it runs like... Well, see, here's the... Yeah, person to person. Here's the thing, though. I, I think you... I think that would be true of you if you weren't embracing the responsibility. Like, yeah. You've managed to take things that you loved in childhood and and turn them adult. Yeah. So, like, you still are... You're still playing the game of football, sure. except that you're doing it as a coach, where you're helping young men right. <laughs> grow. Like you, you are the you are the grown up, yeah. and you're you're not you know you haven't eschewed your responsibilities at home mm-hmm. and kind of you're not like no I'm playing video games. Right. And I don't mean to knock video games; no, no. grown ups can play those, yeah. but not at the expense of responsibility and stuff. Yeah. So I think you kind of have the best of of all the worlds, where it's like, nah, Ted found a way to take the best parts of childhood, yeah. And handle them in an adult way. <laughs> I'm kind of jealous. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's encouraging. It, and honestly, it occurred to me as you were saying that that's kind of the thesis of Field of Dreams. If if we really if we really get down mm. to it, which is you've got this guy, and I don't know how how old Costner's supposed to be in the movie. Probably more like our age now. He's probably supposed to be like forty. Yeah, and he's got this mortgage that he's got to pay, and he's got this like kind of mid-career moment that he's in that isn't really working. And I think he longs for he longs for baseball, right? Because baseball represented both something that was broken in his relationship with his dad, but also something that like he really enjoyed from childhood that he wants to get back. And I think more than just wanting to have it back, he wants to have it back and he wants to have it feel a certain way. And I think when you're our age, at least for me, that's like the ethereal thing that you're always chasing. You know what I mean? Like I want to have football in my life and I want to have it feel something like what it felt when it was first happening and it was magical. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And even your description of it makes me think I should go back and rewatch it because I think I'm at the point where like the mortgage crisis, yeah. like having this, like, how do we handle the burden of responsibility is going to land on me very differently now than it totally. did, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. And, uh, yep. and I'm probably at a different place in terms of figuring out how to come to terms with whatever relationship with, you know, my relationship with my dad is pretty good, but yeah. at 30, there was a lot of like working things out, sure. coming to adulthood, laying down the tensions of, you know, adolescence, mm-hmm. et cetera. And so I think I'm probably at a place now where that would be more like that's just probably at a more solid place. So maybe I'm just maybe maybe it's me that that sucked at 30, not the movie. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I think it's often us that sucks at 30. You know, to to be quite honest, <laughs> that's a fair, that's probably fair. 30 wasn't an amazing era for me. You know, looking back on it, and in the moment, I don't know that I would have recognized that I sucked at 30. But uh, but 45 year old me like definitely looks at 30 year old me and sees a guy who sucks. Um, yeah. yeah, I I think, I think you would enjoy it, dude. And it's, it's a weird movie in that it's got, okay. So just ingredient wise, I tend to enjoy movies that glorify writers and writing and feel the dreams has that. Like it has a side character who is a writer who's also James Earl Jones, uh, which helps yeah. in that he's awesome. <laughs> and, um, it's got a writer. It's got a cool city. Um, it has Boston. Boston's in it for... Boston's probably only on screen for like 12 minutes, but it's it's a pretty awesome 12 Boston minutes. Boston is... Boston's all, almost always a good movie character. Totally, dude. Yeah, Boston may be the best movie city. 
which is probably a thing we should talk about at some point, like in a whole app. But uh, I would put New Orleans up there too, yeah. but it hasn't gotten as much play. Yeah, you, you're right. New Orleans is a cool movie city. Um, so it's got writers, it's got Boston, uh, it's got father son stuff, it's got nostalgia. It does have like a cool era of baseball. Like I just love the baggy mm-hmm. flannel uniform, lo-fi kind of. Shoeless Joe Jackson era of baseball is yep. super cool to me. So it has that. Um, it has agriculture in the Midwest, which are two things that I like seeing glamorized in movies. I think Midwesterners always like to see <laughs> like the Midwest glorified on screen. And uh, it's very pro-corn and pro-Iowa. And uh, I'm into that. So it kind of has everything for me. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, yeah I, I think... I think maybe in retrospect, I just, I, I think I, you know, you know how in high school you get assigned a novel yeah. and you hate it yeah. and then you read it as an adult and you're like, oh yeah, that's actually brilliant. And I was an idiot. Yes. I feel like this is just kind of the movie version of that for me, potentially where if I watched it now, I'm like, oh yeah, I just, I wasn't at the right maturity place to appreciate this. I either needed yeah. to be a child who could just be swept up in yes. it or an adult who could go. Oh, yeah. I get, I get all the complexity this of this. Else. Yeah, exactly. Man, to that point, The Great Gatsby, always assigned in high school, but it's really a book that, like, you have to have lived some life to really appreciate it. That That's yeah. my take on The Great Gatsby, in as much as... That's a great 30-year-old 30, 30 read. Yeah, that's because right. Because it's like the... Yeah. There is sort of that, like, am I going to fritter away things or, like, yeah. am I going to be the solid person and kind of recognize the the vapid nature of all this? Oh, absolutely. And by 30, you've, like, probably been in love with somebody and had your heart broken. And, like, there are things that you've longed for and haven't gotten. And, you know, all those things that make yeah. The Great Gatsby, like, matter as a story. I mean, when you're 16, all that's still ahead of you. I mean, when you're 16, you think, like... Everybody who I love is going to love me. I'm going to get everything I want. I'm going to play in the NFL and be an astronaut. And, you know, what, whatever else I'm, like, yeah. scheming up is going to come true. Um, I, yeah, I remember reading that as a sophomore in high school and just rolling my eyes at them and being yeah. like, get up. Who, whatever. You're fine. Yeah. Get over it. Yeah. And then at 30 being like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I get every Other word of this. filthy rich on Long Island, I understand all of this. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's funny, man. That's so... It's so weird. Like you gotta, you gotta hit stuff at the right time, which is why, you know. And we we always talk about this, and this is my problem. But it's why like the hot take nature of discourse really bothers me. I mean, if thirty year old me had like gone on Twitter and destroyed Field of Dreams, I would have been. Forty five year old me would be really sad and ashamed of him. You know. So, I think I may have done that. I don't think I've ever deleted any tweets, so I could probably go back and find out. But yeah. listeners, you could probably go find a tweet where I said it sucked or I hated or something. Yeah. And, and uh, someone absolutely you know, will take half a yeah. day and go do that. Um, because that is... They must be 30 because they have time to do that. That's right. That, or under 30. That is also yeah. the nature of Twitter. Um, but speaking of Twitter, Ron's probably on it right now. Did we get any Jared pictures? Did we get a like a nice selfie? Uh, I think... So, no, I didn't see that. Jared posted a picture on his Instagram feed, I believe it yeah. was, of of the Martin of the Martins yeah. at their house. So, you know, you know that he was there, but he was behind the camera. So Jared's big on that. He's big on yeah, the round no, picture. No engagement photos this time and he, none of that. Yeah. Well, 
you know, no wings. Dare to dream. I mean, I wonder if they visited the wing mural just for for old times' sake. Just for yeah, just nostalgia. Exactly. Bringing back that moment, dude. It's tough for Ron. Yeah, it's, never... it's almost like maybe this is why Ron isn't on the program, and we'll end with this because I do have to take my kid to college. Maybe it's almost like Ron is is letting Jared go again. You know what I mean? Like it's so it's so rich <laughs> to be together, and it's hard to it's hard to let him go. Um, so maybe we're going through the same stuff. That's true. He's he feels like he's sending Jared to college. Exactly. Yeah, that's although I wonder. Yeah, maybe he's maybe he's just like curled up in his in his armchair, like softly crying this morning as Jared drives off to the the East Coast. Exactly. Although Ron's a dyed in the wool college boy himself now, man, as evidenced by like all the stacks of books photos that he's been doing lately. So <laughs> subtext: think of me and how I'm reading. You know, my my favorite thing about his stacks of books photos uh, is how he's so dismissive of the books in the photos. And yet he posts them, right. which means there's some like, yeah, he needs a lot there. He's it's trying like, to ma- maintain an emotional distance from these. So yes. as not to be theological Twitter nerd. Right. But also to say, be proud of me from I'm, reading. these. I'm, I'm in this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm in this world. I'm doing this, people. Don't you forget it. You know, Um so yeah, everybody go on Twitter, affirm the boy for his stacks of books, and um, that'll make him feel good. Pipe, something else that'll make people feel good, visual theology and their products. Tell us about them. Yes, indeed. Listeners, visual theology, uh, our other sponsor for the podcast for the next few weeks. If you go to visualtheology.church slash happy, so visualtheology.church slash happy, you can see their special offers for our listeners Visual theology is a, it started with just a couple books seeking to kind of give clarity and color and a, and a true visual representation of different truths of, of scripture and theological realities. And now it's a whole set of resources for parents, homeschoolers, youth pastors, pastors, um, college ministers, etc., to help kind of bring to life different parts of Scripture. So what I would encourage you to look at, if you're especially if you're in a ministry position, is to look at their membership offerings. So go browse their products. They have posters, they have books, they have they have shirts, they have a bunch of stuff um, to, uh, to browse their memberships where you'll get a significant discount off of access to all of that stuff. Uh, they have different tiers, and so you can figure out what works for your budget, what works for your ministry. Um, but it's it'll offer a discount off of just about everything, early access to certain things. And the 20% discount that they're offering our listeners applies to your first month of membership. So the code HAPPYRENT will get you a 20% per, uh, discount off of any purchase, including that first month. Um, one of the things that I was looking at on their site this week was one of their posters, um, they have they have posters just representing different things, and it was all of the one another commands from mm-hmm. Scripture, and it's sort of a like each one another command is in a bubble with the Bible references where it comes from underneath, and then the size of the bubble kind of references the frequency it shows up. And what's so striking is that the love one another is like the whole poster, and then all of the others sit within it, mm-hmm. and uh, that just seems like a timely word given the you know you're talking about the the hot takey types of things mm-hmm. and the general sort of negative discourse. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that visual theology does that takes a, re, a truth of scripture that we've heard a thousand times, and when you see it, you go, oh, 
yeah, that never landed quite like that before. So listeners, go check it out, visualtheology.church slash happy. There's some really, really cool resources and and really good design. It's the, They're the kind of posters you can happily put up in a youth room totally. or a dorm room or whatever and not feel embarrassed by, which I realize that's a low bar, yeah. but you know what? For Christian art, that's a real high bar. So uh, they do a great job. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we're huge fans of the company. Amazing products uh, and just cool people to work with. So uh, shout out visual theology pipe this has been fun man we've uh we've done what we always do which is talk a little enneagram and a little kevin costner movie and uh and a little moving our kid to college so uh i've enjoyed it i've appreciated it um we've done what we always do pipe and until next time the happy rant is brought to you by resonate recordings if you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Hey friend, I'm Brooke McLaughlin, host of the Everyday Prayers Podcast, a ministry of million praying moms. And I'm here to invite you to partner with God for the hearts of your children on the daily. Our goal at Everyday Prayers is to help moms understand and pray God's word. Join us each weekday as we share insights from God's word for today's Christian mom. Tune in to the Everyday Prayers Podcast in your favorite app or by visiting lifeaudio.com.